Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Steel string guitar chimes. Synthetic percussion. The beat kicks in and then I sing a bit more rhythmically To make it sensual, I sing it in a minor key I move my hands like I'm pushing someone Get in front of, of me way. Now that's the first verse, baby girl, it's chorus time This is how you write a love song Yeah, this is how you write a cliche love song This, this is how you write a love song Yeah, a shitty Hey Q Hey Jay Okay, so, I'm really nervous about this but I've been wanting to ask you a question for a long time. Okay, go ahead. It's February. Yes. It's February. Valentine's Day was just yesterday. And I need to tell you something. I think I know where you're going with this. Lay I it th- on me. I think you do. Q? Yes? Will you be my podcast host? Oh. Yeah, that's fine. Yay! Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! That is not where I thought you were going with that. I was well, hoping. I was hope. Hey, first off, hey Jay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was yeah. hoping you were going to ask me for my hand in marriage or to have a baby, which we've been talking about for years now. We have been, but I uh, wanted. I wanted to take. I wanted to take it slow. Um, it. And uh, also, I have to say. I was a little disappointed by your reaction. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was disappointed by your question. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I can see fair, that. I was ho- like I said, I was hoping for all these lofty ideals in my head of what you were going to ask me because I've been waiting for years for some of these questions. Is that the whole impetus of the podcast? That's the only reason you asked me to do this? Yes. It was a way to make our baby? Yes. I thought this was our baby. I mean, this is our like this is our weird like deformed baby. Well, I this don't is know one, what you're expecting other than that. This is the this is the baby that might not have survived Sparta kind of baby. <laughs> Three hundred <laughs> reference. <laughs> I am baby. <laughs> we're like uh, we're our show is like that. High five the podcast is that weird like hunchback dude that like right just like snitches on everybody in that movie like, our parents uh his parents or our show's parents us couldn't get rid of him so he just put him out into the wild and totally. he gr- grew all malformed and vindictive and other people have to like deal with it on a regular basis <laughs> it just sort of shows up every friday talking about xerxes people are like oh shit here's high five again <laughs> And the high five is like, hey, give me a shield. And it's like, you can't even lift the shield. He's like, <laughs> give me likes on, on iTunes. I'll be back next Friday. 
Yeah, that's exactly oh, it. It's that so romantic, Q. It is. It is this so is, romantic. This is the most romantic conversation I think we've ever had, uh, which is it's fitting because this is about to be the sexiest episode we've ever recorded. This is de- – well, first off, we're naked. Oh, always. Which is but. the be- – well, not – oh, okay. Well, yes, always. But no. today we're extra naked, no skin. <laughs> 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 we are just a couple of flayed dudes just hanging out. We're we're all just outtakes of Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's it's totally great. We're just a couple of couple of sinewy guys just like hanging <laughs> out, just in constant pain. <laughs> just just some drippy, sticky dudes. <laughs> yeah. Just totally in shock. That's why our episode gets so weird. Just we're in a constant, constant state of shock. There's a new, there's a new podcast idea. It's called Flay Dudes, and it's just two men who have been skinned alive. <laughs> Talking about like breakfast cereal or something. He's like, I mean, I really like Lucky Charms, but this hurts so bad. I know, like Cocoa Puffs, I drop some on my lap and it burns. Oh, God. Why is there so much maltodextrin in the cereal? Cereal! <laughs> yep. Yeah. Coming soon to the High Five Network. It's called Cereal Killers. <laughs> oh, God. Oh god, that's terrible. <laughs> it is. Uh speaking is. of uh of terrible, uh welcome again to another episode of High Five the Podcast. I'm uh, Jay. I am Q, and we're here to talk at you for the next hour or so. About, about movies and other stuff. Yeah, about other stuff too. Um and today we picked a very, very special topic, very near and dear to our hearts. Rom-com uh, movies. Rom-com movies. But we've decided to take it a step further, and aside from just talking rom-com movies... Yeah, because, decided- I mean, we could do a top five rom-com list, but everybody's doing that. So instead, we're going to talk the top five tropes from rom-coms. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I love so it. So we're talking meet-cutes. We're talking beat-cutes. We're talking meet-cutes and feet-cutes. We're talking Matthew McConaughey's, and we're talking uh, Anne Hathaway's. And we're talking Reese Witherspoon's and uh, Carol Forks. (laughs) What? (laughs) Who is Carol Forks? (laughs) I don't know. I I was really hoping you'd be like, you were going to say Bateman from Silver Spoons. Oh, God. That That would have worked so much better. That's what you're there for. You should have picked up. (laughs) I threw it out there. You should have alley-ooped it. I dropped the ball. You should have picked it up and just dunked it. You know what? I should have. I'm not having a baby with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No. If you can't be there for me, how can you be there for our love child? Cereal. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So you and I, uh, first off, let's talk about um, when this episode drops, it will be the same day, or I guess earlier in this week, a movie came out uh, starring uh, Rebel Wilson. Right. That, um, oh, what's it? What's her movie called? Uh, (laughs) Yep. It's about rom-coms. It's like a meta take on rom- I just want to see if you'll get it. Keep going. uh, If you had to name it, just guess a name. Not your average rom-com. <laughs> no, but that would be great. Give yeah. me another one. Not another are... rom-com movie. Oh, God. That would be perfect, too. But that's that whole weird series of Zucker-style movies. That oh, that's that's right. Um, Not Crazy in Love. That's actually kind of close. She's all this. <laughs> nope. And a bag of chips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Things I Hate About You Ways. 
<laughs> now you're just mashing up titles. No, when, I'm not. When Harry met Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you, I don't even know anymore. Uh, it's called Isn't It Romantic? Oh, yeah, that's right. Isn't It Romantic? And uh, this, I'm going to be honest. This is the first rom-com that I've actually had like interest in seeing after I watched the trailer in a long time. I'll be, I mean, I would agree with you. Now, what I would say to that is, would you consider the Kumail Nanjiani movie from the other year? Like, the Big you know, Sick? Yeah, would you consider that a rom-com? Mm. I mean, uh, if you would. I would then, consider that a rom-drom. Oh, I like that term. But, right? I mean, it is very funny in parts. It is very funny, but it also deals with some very heavy right. material. So I would say it's a rom-dramedy or a, a romantic dramedy or a oh. rom-drom. Is that a, a real term, or can we coin that? I think we can coin that. We officially I'm going to Google coined. search it, and I'll tell you right now if we can, if we can coin that. We have a officially coining – we're officially coining that term if it's ours. Um, because – well, what I was saying, while you're looking that up – if that movie would be considered a rom-com, I uh-huh. would have added it to my list of, of one I've really wanted to see in recent years. Oh, now, God, there's tons of rom-droms. Oh, man. We should we should just – we're coining it anyway. Okay. We're taking cool. it back. This is the first time it's ever been said publicly. <laughs> don't look on the internets. No, it don't. Just please. Just um, stay away. But go ahead. But I was yes. going to say, th- I, would, I would say that one. Um, but if we're not counting that one, then yes, Isn't It Romantic would probably be the one that I was most interested to see since Paul Rudd came out with uh, um, I love They you, Came man. Together. No, They Came Together. Oh, that was good. That was a good one. That was a, uh, that's the guy who did uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Damn right it is. Um, uh, Wayne, David Wayne. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, so the Stella guys did it, exactly. basically. So I have a, the thing that I really enjoyed about this movie is it kind of embodies exactly what we're talking about. So from the trailer, which is possibly very spoilery reference to our last episode. It could have been. And speaking of that, I do want to touch base on some things that happened this week since we released that episode that I'm curious on your takes on. Okay. We'll definitely get to that. Well, let's do, let's talk about that now. Okay. So we talked last week a while about spoilery trailers. Yes. And then this week they released a pet cemetery, Ugh. a new pet cemetery trailer. Yes, that may or may not have spoiled huge elements of that movie. And then they also released a child's play movie, yes. which spoils almost like which shows almost nothing. Right. So let's okay. Well, I'm going to give a real a spoiler alert for just a few seconds. So if you don't want to know anything about either the child's play movie or the. Uh, the pet cemetery or the pet remake. cemetery remake tune out for the next like three minutes yeah um but okay so first off jay w- as soon as we dropped that episode they dropped a brand new pet cemetery trailer i know and the first one is great and i'm gonna be honest this is still a great trailer oh yeah no i will say regardless of anything i say in the next two or three minutes the trailer was cool very cool it still got me excited good uh, everything i wanted it to be but it did for fans of the book and or the previous movie it did show its hand that it is no longer going with the death of gage the the son 
It is now going with the death of their daughter. Right. Which, honestly, and I messaged you as soon as I watched the trailer. (laughs) And I messaged you and I was like, I wish that that surprise would have been left for me in the movie. Because I would have been watching for Gage to die the whole time. And it would have totally caught me out of left field when the other one did. Well, and even when I was watching the trailer, I'll I'll give you a little bit of insight into where I was. There's a scene in that trailer where she walks out into the road and then they cut the truck and they cut, you know, Lewis screaming. And I was like, oh, wow, they're editing the trailer to make it look like the daughter died. And I was like, that's going to be an interesting twist for people who haven't read the book or seen the original. And then it kept going. And showed the dead daughter zombie. (laughs) And I was like, oh, wait, they're doubling down on this idea. Even to the point of she does stuff that Gage does, like, you know, slitting John Lithgow's Achilles tendon. And I, okay, I I texted you this and I stand by it so far. I don't know how I feel about the change. I honestly don't either. As a huge fan of Stephen King, of that being one of my favorite adaptations of him from, you know, years past with Mary Lambert's version and just being a purist in some sense when it comes to Stephen King stories, the change is big and the change is scary, but I'm not sure how I feel about it until I see the movie because part of me thinks that they make that change. I know what they'll say is that, oh, we didn't want to give people the exact same movie, but the reality is, is I just think they were too scared to kill a baby. Oh, I Which is one 100% of the, agree. And that that's one the of the first thought that, that punches, popped into my head. That punches so hard in the book and in that original movie that it's the baby. Right. And I'm just, I, I'm curious if they were too scared to do that or if they're really like, let's figure out a way to make this work. Because reality is Mary Lambert's version completely ignored the whole like Native American legend, right. Wendigo, the actual visualization of the Wendigo. And it does seem Wendigo. like we're getting that this time. And I thought that was what they were going to change about it. I was like, oh, they're going to double down on the like the metaphysical Wendigo demon side of the story. But they also changed something else. And now, I don't know. Like, it looks good. I'm going to see it, and I'm probably going to like it. But I haven't decided how I feel about that change yet. It was a big one. I totally 100% agree. So end of that one. Now let's go into the Child's Play trailer. Which Another I one. I'm not sure I like the change they've made. But here's the deal, though. I agree with you. But I will say I was pleasantly surprised because the trailer looks good. Oh, like again, another one where I'm not going to knock the trailer because it actually intrigued me. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to see this movie. Exactly. But it does appear from the trailer that they are kind of confirming the rumblings that we heard previously. And it could be a misleading trailer. Maybe. They could be throwing that out there. I don't know that the team that's behind this movie is really smart enough to do that clever of a turn in the trailer. But... It does seem that they are going the small soldiers route. Yeah, sentient. Of sentient, sentient soldiers. robot dolls. Yeah. Which I don't love. Right. I'm kind of hoping that um, that Chucky, or the serial killer Chucky, gets like pushed into yes. a, a control board and electrocuted, and then his consciousness goes into the like the code. Yes. Now, have they, have they talked... Is is Brad Dourif involved in this no, movie at all? They okay. Here's here's what we're here's what we're doing with this. No, okay. he's not. 
there is a war going on right now in okay. the world of Chucky and the world of Child's Play because the guy who created Child's Play, Don and Mancini, Don Mancini, and um, and Brad Dourif, who have been behind the crux of the series, sure. still have ownership rights to the characters, but. Um, I think it's Fox or whoever's putting Sony has has ownership rights to the name, so they have the original ownership rights to that first movie and are remaking that first movie with the same name. Don Mancini and Brad Dourif are not involved, and they're working currently on a television show adaptation of the Child's oh. Play lineage that will take place in their universe that includes like the last. Two or three movies. Whoa, 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 whoa. So does that mean, is that why they did, you think they did like the change from good guy doll to the buddy doll? I think, I think so. And why, because it's still called Child's Play. Right. And I did hear at one point the kid called the doll Chucky. Right. So I know those names are sticking around. And it does seem to follow a similar path of like single mother with the child. Yep. Gets the child this toy for Christmas, and I bet you anything it's going to be that the you know the doll kills people in a way that makes the kid look crazy. So you think they're going to follow the storyline? But do you, I wonder if they had to change those beats for legal reasons? I don't know. I, I feel like the changing the beat to make it a, an actual just sentient doll is something they wanted to do. But I think everything else is just they're remaking that first one. That's really what it is. I'll be honest with you. That's what made me love the Child's Play franchise is that it would have been so easy and honestly kind of the normal step to make it a sentient doll. Right. The fact that they go into that weird voodoo background and he performs the spell and he's constantly trying to get the kid's body from then forward is what makes that movie so batshit crazy that that's what makes it amazing. Yep. I couldn't agree more, which is why I'm nervous. Like, everything about the movie looks good quality, looks good acting. Um, I like everybody in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, isn't Tyree Henry in it? Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry? And, yep. He's and in it. Aubrey Plaza? Well, yeah. No, I mean, I love Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. Like, the movie looks fun. But I'm not sure how I feel about sentient robots. I want it to be a sociopathic serial killer trapped in the body of a doll desperately trying to get out. And that's what I will hold out hope for is that's going to be the twist is that all of the publicity is making you think that it's going to be that. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the movie – they're going to like do a flashback to the doll in the factory and you're going to have some like weird factory worker like leaning over the doll and he's just going to be like Dewey Dimbala. (laughs) See, that would be so cool. Oh, I don't know, but it Um, may not. And it may, they may have just pulled a Sam Worthington Terminator reveal and that's it. (laughs) Oh, also speaking of our last week's episode, um, can I tell you how disappointed in the end game trailer, the Avengers end game trailer at the Super Bowl that I was? Do you mean the lack of the trailer? It was just like, look at this. Look at these guys looking sad. All right. In game. Yeah. Steven Rogers is at an AA meeting. Right. Sad. Yeah. I, I, I just, I was so bummed. Yeah. Like, I, I got more excited about the scary stories to tell in the dark vignettes. Holy shit. Those look great. They the, look real scary. The big toe one? The big holy toe crap. one? Did you see the the spider in the face one? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the, the white woman walking down the yep. hallway? Yep. They all look like... The, like Great. I don't know that these are movies that I would take my kid to. I know. Like... 
These, these are, are not kind of terrifying. Stories. These are not scary stories to show kids in the dark. No, not at all. So I was very excited by that. And I'll tell you my biggest Super Bowl surprise oh, yeah? was getting a fucking Twilight Zone trailer. Oh, yeah. It was pretty good, too. And it wasn't even, like, really a trailer, but they did the whole, like, the it, the feed being interrupted mm-hmm. and, like, saying CBS is off the air. And then all of a sudden, the, nobody's in the stadium. And then you just get Jordan Peele walking yeah. in in the suit. And I almost came in my pants. It was... Because he's in the fucking suit, and he's doing the monotone delivery, and he's doing the, do you even know where you are? He, you he have crossed perfect. over into the Twilight Zone. He and I was like, perfect. <laughs> He, like, honestly, when it first started, I thought they were using audio from Rod, and then it was Jordan Peele, and I was like, he sounds so good. He sounds it's, so perfect. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited. That was my biggest trailer excitement i was disappointed honestly by all the other movie trailers i saw i yeah. didn't love the avengers trailer i honestly didn't love the toy story trailer i thought well that it, it wasn't again it wasn't a trailer it's all these like 30 second tv spots yeah like and that was one i talked to a amanda about this she's really mad that like a lot of times now especially with some of these they're not trailers they're all teasers and there's a difference and totally. so like when you're looking to see well what can I expect from this movie a 30 second vignette that's not in the movie isn't helpful. Totally. 100%. And so I don't know, but yeah, I was really disappointed with Endgame. I was really disappointed with, um, well not really disappointed, but I was like, meh with captain Marvel. Um, and there were a handful of others, but like, yeah, scary stories still in the dark and twilight zone were the ones that jumped out at me a lot. For sure. They Um, felt the, I don't know. They just felt I, they were the ones that got me the most excited. Also, Jordan Peele dropping a second Us trailer oh, before the Super Bowl. And it was so good. And it's so good. And it sands the the Lunez 5 on it song. Mm-hmm. And oh. it was still fucking, I can't wait. And then they dropped a poster. This The is, poster we shared on our social. It's holy crazy. Holy shit, dude. It may be one of my all-time favorite movie posters. Like, like, it's such a cool. And I don't know how Lapita made that face. Oh, I know. With her eyes. Yeah. It was like it, she was wearing the uh, clockwork orange eye gouges, but without, without wearing them. Totally. Ooh. It's haunting. I just, I just got shivers. Um, oh, speaking of getting shivers and something that's haunting, I watched a movie <laughs> that you talked about last week. What's um, that? I watched The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Oh, and? I didn't like it. Yeah. I know. Neither did I. Well, he, okay. Here's, I didn't want to bury the lead on that one. Here's my thought on it, if you really want me to be honest. Yes, totally. I loved the concept. Yes. Like, the story itself, mwah, it was beautiful. Like, I thought the actual on paper of guy made a movie, made a guy go crazy, now years later he's going back to deal with the repercussions, and then gets wrapped up in that guy's psychosis. Yes. Love it. I love everything about that. I thought Adam Driver did fine. Sure. Like, I like Adam Driver. Yeah. I thought Jonathan Price was amazing. Yes. I think Jonathan Bryce is always amazing. He was great in the movie. For sure. The cinematography was really great. Yeah. Everything else of it was just a car crash. For sure. The pacing, the dialogue, the editing, the just it it didn't work right. as a movie. Right. And it should have. And again, you know me, if it's close and it's even just, worse. It's even worse because one, I didn't. I wanted this movie. Two, I like Terry Gilliam. Three, I like everybody about it, and the concept is intriguing. And then I was so mad that when I got to the end, I was just kind of like, 
Oh. I and I even s- like the end. I like how it all works. I will say, though, that Terry Gilliam, and I know I heard you just say I like Terry Gilliam, and I like I think I now have to say I liked uh-huh. Terry Gilliam because his last couple movies have been disappointing. Zero Theorem was very disappointing for me. Oh, see, I never saw Zero Theorem. And um, he did another one. Uh, Tideland I enjoyed, but it was also slightly disappointing. It was an adaptation of a book that I loved. Oh, okay. See, I didn't see that one. I had seen um, the last one from him that I saw. The Brothers Grimm? No, no. was Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I didn't love that movie either. But I It I was another it, one but I for me it. that felt like it was almost there. Right. But, like, I mean, he had a run, though. Like, Brazil, Fisher King. Yeah. Um, 12, 12 Monkeys. Monkeys. Jesus. Fear, Loathing. Yeah. Brothers Grimm. Like, he had such a good streak. Like, even through Imaginary... I never saw Tideland, but even through Imaginary of Dr. Parnassus, I didn't love it, but I also didn't hate it. I watched it. I was like, you know what? Cool. I see a lot of things in here that I like. I may not watch it again, but cool. Good job, Terry. And then this was the one that I was kind of waiting for. And I just... I didn't like it. And I, I was bummed that I didn't like it. You know what? I'm going to recommend... Go watch Tideland. Okay. I will. Watch it. Um, it's um, it is kind of a horror movie. Oh, cool. A little bit, but kind of like this weird, like dust bully feeling horror movie. Okay. Um, but who's in it, it? Um, it has Brendan Fletcher. Okay. Who I'm sure you would recognize if you if you looked him up. Jeff Bridges. Is oh, in nice. It. Okay. I'm ar- I'm already there. Jennifer Tilly's in it. Oh, cool. And the main character is Jodell Furland, who was hmm. the little girl from the Silent Hill movies. Oh, okay. okay and she's cool. also the little girl from I want to say the first Resident Evil movie. Okay, very I think cool. She's the like the yeah. weird, like CG girl. I'll go the watch computer that. Girl, it's really good. Okay, it's really, well, really good. I'll t- I'll give that a shot. Speaking of scary movies, I also watched the uh, Suspiria remake. Oh, how was that? I dug it a lot. Was now, it super good. It I thought it was. It's not for everybody. It's okay. definitely one of the things that I like about it is it changes some of the aspects of the original story, which I'm okay with. But what it kept was the art house horror feel. So people who didn't like all the weirdness and, and ambiance and just sort of mood of Dario Argento's original, he doubles down on that in the new one. Like, it is an atmospheric, weird, all-over-the-place And I, art I'm going to guess horror. from the trailer I saw way too violent for me, way too gruesome for me. Um, probably. Okay. Okay, here's the thing. There are a handful of scenes that are very violent, but they're violent in very realistic, uncomfortable ways. And that's and so you wouldn't like that. Like there are yeah. femurs getting broken and, yeah, and no. things like that, because it's all about dancers. Right. Um, now what? I, the other parts that are like really gross, like the the last twenty minutes is just a cacophony of craziness. Sort of like the end of um, what was that uh, Javier Bardem, Jennifer Lawrence movie, um. Mother? Oh, Mother. It's kind of like that, where the last just half hour is craziness. Um, And there's a lot of gore in that, but it's done in a way where it's filters and freeze frames and, and, and like, drag pulls. and So 
you get the sense of what's going on, but it's not like you're looking at a broken bone. Right. Um, the only thing I'll say, and I have come to this conclusion uh, specifically now, and I should have a long time ago, Dakota Johnson is not a good actress. Really? Mm-mm. That sucks. I mean, uh, believe it or not, from the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, yeah, she's just not. I, I was avail. I was able to say, you know what, the Fifty Shades movies aren't for me. You do your thing, fine. I'm gonna judge you on the other work that you do. Everything about this movie was great. I just think she was stale. What about uh, Chloe Grace Moretz? She's great. Mia what Goth she- is awesome. Tilda Swinton should win an Oscar. Really? Yeah. She plays she, that. She plays multiple characters. I was about to say she plays dual characters. In yes, this. and she's great. If you didn't know that she did that, you wouldn't know that she did that. That's pretty awesome. Like that's the thing is it's just everything. Everything about I loved all the elements of it. Dakota Johnson was weak, but at the end of the day, the movie itself, I was happy. I watched it. Really, really liked it. Nice. Um, wouldn't recommend it to you, but would definitely recommend it to fans of art house horror movies. Fair, fair. So, all right. Speaking of art house horror <sighs> movies, let's talk rom com tropes. Oh yeah. Um. So, rom coms. The First movie. Off, the movie of Valentine's Day. Let's 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 define what a trope means. Sure. How can okay. you explain to me what a trope is? So, what I see of of a trope, the best way I can describe a trope is a situation or a sequence of events that happens. All the time in certain genres of movies. Yes. So for for instance, a like an action adventure, a trope of action adventure movies is that there is a bomb placed somebody some there, some somewhere, and somebody is desperately trying to defuse the bomb before the timer goes off and it stops at one second. Got it. Like that's a trope of action movies. Now, there are a lot of movies that spoof those elements and there are a lot of movies that use them seriously. But you pretty much can be guaranteed that if a comedy movie is spoofing something, it's spoofing the trope elements of a genre. So, basically in in line with a cliche. Yes. It's almost like a a, a movie cliche. Got is it. the easiest way to say is the easiest way to say it. Perfect. And let's be honest, I would say that rom-coms are one of the most trope or cliche heavy genres of films around. Oh, I would I would definitely agree. Well, man, you know, I would say that they're they're evident in all genres. Sure. But the rom-com ones are bl- so blatant. They're so blatantly it. used yes. over and over time and time again. Like, Same thing. For instance, like in a in a in a rom-com we almost know without a doubt that there's going to be some sort of falling out. Sure. You know, like they're going to get together. They're going to whatever they're going to meet. It's going to be adorable. They're going to build a romance. Then something's going to happen. And near the, either the beginning of act three or the end of act two, there's going to be a falling out. And then they have to reconcile by the end of the third act, by the end of the third act. Now there are movies like, I think there's especially nowadays, a lot of movies that like to play with that trope you know like movies like the breakup you know sort of you expect them to get back together by the third act and then they don't and they don't or like 500 days of summer is a good example that once again you expect them to get back yes and then they don't and so i think there are movies that are are playing with those tropes and purposely subverting them for the you know for the expectation of realism 500 days of summer might be the best example i can think of is that it is a rom-com 
in its bones, but nothing happens the way that happens in rom-coms. I totally agree. And on top of that, um, I'd say another one, and you kind of offhandedly mentioned it when you were mentioning um, the the kind of fight or argument, something goes down, is a meet-cute. Yes. Like a, a, a coincidental or chance meeting of our two characters in a very unlikely situation. Right. So one of the ones that I reference all the time is uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Has one of the most far-fetched, nonsensical chance meetings. Both people in this movie have a separate bet. One, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Right. One, how to keep a girl around. Right? right. And make her fall in love with you. They both meet at the same bar on the same night that they are having to make these bets. Right. And then they meet each other. The, so the <laughs> that whole concept is, like, so insanely far-fetched. <laughs> well, not only is it far-fetched, it – okay. And I, and I struggle with this a lot. Like It I'll, almost I'll, defies logic. Yeah, it does. And it, it completely defies realism. But one of the things that, you know – I'll, I'll have this conversation with, with different people about different movies, and they're like, well, this is so far-fetched. Like, of course it wouldn't happen like this. It's like, yeah, but if it didn't happen like this, there wouldn't be a movie. Like, we're watching an entertaining scenario. For but, sure. But specifically, the How to Lose a, a Guy in 10 Days goes so far beyond coincidence. Right. That it, it pulls you out of the movie. That's like, what I'm saying. Even the more realistic meet-cutes, like um, uh, She's All That. You yeah. know, we've made a bet to transform this ugly girl into a pretty girl. And, of course, they're going to fall in love along the way. And the meet cute is them choosing the ugly girl right. to, to change. But like, it's still a chance kind of situation. Yes, it definitely is. Whereas the How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, it's like this could only work if specifically meeting this person <laughs> who is working – like. The whole crux of the movie would only work if you met this one person. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, yes. That one's a good one. Um, I also think that the uh, the over-professional female character uh-huh. is a trope of like, oh, I am a hard-working lady and I don't need no love. Sure. And that's, that's, that's definitely a trope, I think, that falls into these. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Now, I will say... I don't even know that that's so much a tr- – I think it's a trope when she – when the reveal is, turns out she does need love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. But I actually kind of like the idea, and I feel like it's a very, like, 2019 idea to have a strong female character. I feel like if, if a way to play on that trope would be to say, um, I'm a strong woman and I don't need no love – and then to not give her love by the end of it. That, and her like, be that, like, that's what no, I, mean. yes. I am a strong woman, yes. and I don't need love. That's the thing is because all of the trope, well, at least that trope in particular, is pointing to the fact of she thinks she's confident, but she needs a man. It's like, exactly. no, 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 no. Back to 500 days of summer. No, she doesn't. Exactly. Nah. You don't, and even Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Who's adorable. She don't need him. She doesn't need him. She doesn't want him. At 100%. I agree. Totally. Um, oh, so man. so I have to ask you. Uh-huh. Um, 
Are you are you would you consider yourself a rom com fan? You know, no, no. no. I I tolerate a handful of them. They're they're not my go to movies, of course. But the problem, I I think I fall out of them really hard unless they're twists on an old formula, because okay. because they're so tropey. You know, kind of what you mentioned earlier is I think the rom com genre tends to fall into this a little bit harder than other genres. And because of that, in my opinion, a lot of them are unwatchable. Now, granted, a lot of them are bad. You know, we've got Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, 10 Things I Hate About You, The She's All That, um, the Crazy on You, or whatever that was. You know, there's a handful of them that are just bad movies. Um, For sure. But... For the most part, even the ones that aren't that terrible, like I would say 10, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, it's not that terrible. It's sure. not my favorite movie, but it's an adequately made movie. It's well acted. The, the, you know, It's funny where it needs to be funny. Um, but then you've also got on the flip side of that coin, you've always, you've, for every 10 Things I Hate About You, there's a Never Been Kissed. Well, I was going to say too, now I do know, and I still, I still to this day, have not seen it, but I know it's one of your favorites. Uh, when Harry Met Sally. Yes, I still haven't seen that movie. See, I When Harry Met Sally is, it's such a different take on it. Sure. it even before, like it, you know, it was a thing. You know, um, right. that was like Rob Reiner doing what he did for rom coms, what he did for Spinal Tap, like what he did for music documentaries. Sure. So, like, back in the day when Spinal Tap came out, it was such just kind of a mind-blowing take on what was going on. When Harry Met Sally is the same type of thing. Because even though, yes, they get together in the end, it is not about that. Like, it's, I don't know. it That one's so different. That one's one, one that I would consider a twist on a formula. That's fair. Okay. All right. I would say that I actually, I've I've watched... My fair share of rom- rom-coms. So, I wouldn't say that I'm opposed to any by any means. Where would you say, like, I know we're not doing, like, top five rom-coms, but sure. for you, ones that are in the top echelon when you think about rom-coms, what are the ones that, when you think of good ones, you reference to think about some of these things? Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think here. Like, uh, I mean, we talked about, you know, The Big Sick. I would put that up there as a wonderful rom-com. Either it's, sure. Even though it's rom-drom. Sure. Um, I would say Love Actually. Yes. I like Love I, Actually. I really, really enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah, Big Sick was really good. Um, I'm now, would you think. consider Clueless a rom-com? I guess. I would say Forgetting Sarah Marshall is one of my favorites. Oh, I like that one. See, I like that one. That one, to me, is just a comedy. I don't know. I consider it a romantic comedy. It no, you're right. It literally is all about couples. I mean, you're right. You're not wrong, but uh, I never would have thought of it that way. Until I like you said the wedding right singer. Oh yeah, that one's not too bad. I like that movie. I, I, like, watched... I mean, I like the music in that one. I like that movie. Um, let's see. I'm looking. I'm looking at a list of some. Just kind of like refresh myself here. Uh, they're considering Knocked Up a romantic comedy. I like Knocked Up a lot. Okay, see, now that we're now that we're actually talking about all these movies so far that we're mentioning, I have liked. Um, what about 16 Jerry Maguire? Candles? I like 16 Candles, okay. What about Jerry Maguire? 
show me the way out of this movie. I'm not I'm not a huge fan. Not of a fan of that one. But would you consider it a rom com? Um, see that yeah. one's yeah. You had me at hello. Yeah, yeah. You it's did. like it's <laughs> yeah. You did. Yeah. You yeah, did. you did. Uh, I really okay. I don't know. I don't know how people feel about this. I already said I like the wedding singer. I really like Fifty First Dates. Really? See, that one was one that I I really, mm. really enjoyed Fifty First Dates quite well, a bit. Well, and I'll I'll be honest about this. I don't really like Drew Barrymore. Oh, so okay. I thought you were gonna say Adam Sandler. No, no, I like Adam Sandler. I I don't think his a lot of his movies are great, but honestly, the when I like Adam Sandler, I like him. A whole lot. Oh my god, I've got one that is squarely a rom-com, but it is really good and I really enjoy it. You ready okay. for this? Yes. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. That one is funny. You know what? Apparently, according I to this enjoy conversation, that movie a lot. I said I didn't like rom-coms at the beginning of this conversation. Turns out you do? Turns out I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Turns out I like many uh Chasing Amy, they say is a rom-com. Oh, I really like see, I don't know that I would consider that I, a rom-com. I would I would consider that an un-rom-com. I would consider it, that along the lines with the breakup. Yeah, I would con- chasing Amy, the breakup, Blue Valentine, take this waltz. All of those I would not consider rom coms because they're about the end or dissolution of relationships. Yeah, and so, I mean, like the ones when I think rom com, in my head I think you've got mail, Notting Hill, Sleepless in Seattle, um, Ten Things I Hate About You. Girl, uh, ghost oh, of Girlfriend's Past. The Princess Bride. That's not a rom-com. Yes, it is. It's all about love. The entire thing is a love story. It's all about Princess Buttercup. And hit, like that literally on the cover of the movie, it is them holding hands looking at each other. Uh, turns out I really like rom-coms, I guess. <laughs> My turns God. out I fucking love rom-coms. The thing is, if you would ask me to put together a list of rom-coms, some of these would never have even crossed my mind. Now, having talked about them, they match the structure, and all the beats of rom-coms are there, so I have to acknowledge that you're right. But none of these would have even crossed my mind. I never saw uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, the Steve Carell one? Yeah. Neither and did Ryan I, Gosling. Actually. I wanted to see that. Like, I liked a lot of people. Emma Stone is in it. I liked a lot of people in it, but I never saw it. I have heard that uh, Crazy Rich Asians is awesome. I've heard I that, too. I haven't seen it. I've heard that, too. Um, what about, uh, like, uh, Miss Congeniality or one of the Bullock ones? Um, no, I'm not a big... I know a lot of people like those. I don't love Sandra Bullock. Now, was Sandra Bullock in While You Were Sleeping? I think so. That's one of the weirdest ones yet. Yeah, because it's like that she falls in love with a guy in a coma. Yeah, no, she she has a crush on a guy. That's it. And then he gets hit by a bus, and he she pretends to be his girlfriend yes. while he's in a coma, and then she falls in love with his brother. Oh, yes. Because she had tricked the whole family into believing that they were a, a serious couple. Wait a minute. Is... Is while you, is the big sick kind of a take on while you were sleeping? <laughs> no, the big sick is a take on Kamal Nanjiani's life. I know, but is Kamal Nanjiani's life kind <laughs> of a take on while you were? Wait sleeping? Wait a minute, did call did Kamal Nanjiani spoof while you were sleeping with his life? What? That's the greatest long running joke ever. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Um, but no, he didn't. And uh, Big Six way better than While You Were Sleeping. They are listing Groundhog Day as a romantic comedy. See again that never. I know that they get together, but I never would have put them. 
I feel like Groundhog Day oh. to me is more about Bill Murray's character, like growing as a character as yes. opposed to him finding love. Speaking of which, okay, you know how much I love Groundhog Day. It's like I one do. of my favorite movies of all time. It's I was up there obsessed for me. with the Broadway musical when it came out. Did you know it was just announced? I believe it was on Groundhog's Day that yeah. they announced this. PlayStation or Sony Pictures is putting out a Groundhog's Day VR game. What? Where you play uh, Phil Connors Jr. in Punxsutawney and you get stuck in a time loop like your dad did. How do you feel about this? I don't know, but I want to be in Punxsutawney. (laughs) I know. It's like the story, I think, is fucking ridiculous. But the fact that I get to play in Punxsutawney, and they even have, like, uh, Ned Flenderson. Oh, Ned? And he's like, hey, you remember me? Ned. Ned the head. Needle nose Ned. (laughs) I I would have to see this in action. Now, if it didn't start with um, a black screen... That then comes to life, and it's like, it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. It does. They show it. They show you, like, each day you wake up with the alarm clock situation, and it even shows a quick cut of different ways that you can kill the alarm clock, like with a hammer or, like, throw it across the room or whatever. Is it the best idea for a video game? No. No. Is it something I want to play? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm with you on that. That's weird. Um, you know what else is weird? I see a list here that people are saying, well, no, this is totally a rom-com. Totally one I don't like, though. Uh, what Women Want. What Women Want. Okay. Ooh, let's talk about that for a quick second. Because, because they've got the new one now. Yeah, it just came out this, well, when we're recording, it came out the week prior to this episode yeah. dropping. It's called What Men Want. Right. And it's just a gender flip on what women want with it's not it's not tiffany haddish but it's um taraji p henson that's right from uh from um empire uh, empire thank you i want to say billboard but that was wrong <laughs> from billboard i couldn't get billboard out of my mind but it from empire. the billboard music awards taraji empire. p henson um from proud mary taraji p henson hey remind me after we're done i'm gonna send you the link to the trailer for the okay Groundhog Day and VR i'm gonna game. i'm gonna watch yeah. it so what you don't like what women want i didn't I, I enjoyed that movie. I uh, like a Mel Gibson when he's not being racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, like there are elements. I don't. I don't not like Mel Gibson. There's Ooh, just, can I can I, I ask you a question? Sorry, regarding Mel Gibson. Yeah, is it acceptable to continue liking Mel Gibson? Um, is he one of those people like a Kevin Spacey where it's like? It's too much. Like he he said some like derogatory Jew statements, and he said some really weird racist shit. Like, is that one of those guys that you have to be like, well, you're canceled. Sorry, bud. He's on that line. I think that he's one that you can still like because he's sort of gone dark the last handful of years. Sure, but it's not one you want to be like outspoken about liking. So you're not going to be like, dude, you know who I love? Fucking Mel Gibson. Exactly. Like, greatest actor, nicest guy <laughs> of all time. Right. Never said a bad word about anybody. You want to talk about an upstanding dude, you got to get the MGs. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, I, I don't think you want to be that level of appreciation for Mel Gibson, but I think you can still like, dude, Mad Max is fucking badass. Dude, Lethal Weapon. That's that dude. Lethal Weapon. You know, like, yeah, you see- about that? You see Ransom, give me back my son. You know. <laughs> Did you see Payback also kind of like Ransom? 
So I think you're allowed to do that, but you can't just be like, dude, anytime Mel Gibson's got a new movie dropping, I am there. Dude opens box office. Missed, I don't think you can do that. Missed opportunity to make Payback the sequel to Ransom. And Ransom again. Payback. Yeah, just, no, Ransom. Payback. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third one would just be like, debt. <laughs> yeah. uh, withdrawal. <laughs> Or insufficient funds. Yeah. I mean, back to, uh, like, what women want. I didn't have, like, a huge problem with it. It just always felt a bit off. I know There was something about it that – and I know it was directed by Nancy Myers, and I know that, like, the actual story of it is him coming – is him being more appreciative of – you know, how people around him aren't thinking, but it really feels like it's a dude writing about women. Like whoever wrote the movie, and it may not have been that. I don't know who wrote it, but or like what it was based off of. It was but written for- by Josh Goldsmith okay. and Kathy Yuspa. Okay. Well, then maybe this is going to be inaccurate, but it just felt like a dude writing about what he thinks women think. Sure. And I don't know. And like I said, I, it just never connected with me. Wow, there's some rom-coms that I forgot about. The Holiday with Jack Black and um Oh, that was with Cameron, uh, Cameron Diaz. Diaz. In Jude Law in that or something? Uh, yeah. That one is not too terrible. That one's a good weird like, Christmas typey movie. Uh what about Sweet Home Alabama? Eh, no. No way. Nope. Lightning hitting <laughs> sand, no thank you. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm out. I, again, I don't ha- I don't hold any animosity. I won't judge people who do like it. That one's not for me. What about the? Uh, you remember there was like a weird string of like elderly rom coms that came out there for a minute. Like what? something's got to give with Jack Nicholson. Oh right, or the other one with Jack Nicholson where he's with Kathy Bates and she's naked about or Schmidt. or it's complicated with Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep. Right. You know, anything with Meryl Streep in it, I'm going to give some, like, I'm going to be like, ooh, I'm going to watch that. I totally forgot about that, though, when there was, like, this, this like, string, a Dr. T and the Women. Oh, when right, that came yeah. Out with oh, uh, Richard Gere. And then uh, there was that uh, desperately romantic Harrison Ford movie, What Lies Beneath. Oh, that was so romantic. It was romantic. all about just marriage. And and sanct- the sanctity of marriage. And, and uh, you know, having a lake house. And murder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh what right. about Lake House? Oh, Lake House, right. Wait, is Lake House the one where Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves are time travel lovers? I think so. Is that he puts his, like, wiener in the mailbox and she's like, hey, I'm going <laughs> to And she's this. like, hey, that's not a funny. Yes, that is it. They're time travel lovers. <laughs> what was the one where Keanu Reeves was dating somebody? Or what? it was like October, October something. He was dating somebody with a disease. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Fault in Our Stars? No, but that's, that's the other one of those. Um, hey, what about High Fidelity? I I have High Fidelity as an un-rom-com. Okay. I, would, I think of that one as basically an exploration of the demise of relationships. Even though I know at the end they all end up in a happy place, I do not consider that movie a rom-com. What about, e- even though I could be wrong. Can I tell you two movies that I... Well, one movie for sure that I hate to like admit that I love, but I kind of love uh-huh. Serendipity with Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack. You know, I don't think I've ever seen that one. And it totally plays with the tropes of like 
what are the odds that you two would keep meeting each other kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But that's actually the concept of the movie. That's why it's called Serendipity is because it's this, like, because Serendipity is in reference to, like, coincidental happenings, things working out right. how they are supposed to work out. Right. But I also have to recommend a movie that is really fucking good. And okay. I don't think... I don't think anybody watched this movie when it came out. Ooh, I'm I'm definitely curious. And it is Happy Accidents. I heard about this and movie. And it stars Marissa Tomei and Vincent D'Onofrio. I have definitely heard about this and movie. I bet it, I can kind of picture the movie title. It or the, is the movie box. So good. Really? And here's what I got to tell you why. Because you picture the movie box and it's them looking at each other. It looks like a genuine, like, rom-com. Right. It is a a time travel rom-com mm. that is more has more in common with Safety Not Guaranteed than it does with The Lake House. So is it kind of like that movie About Time? You remember that with... Um Oh no! With the dude from uh, First Order, the First yes. Order Star Wars. Well, I guess kind of. Well, kind of. Yes, it's kind of like it's that. Domhnall Gleeson, I believe, is. His I name. was thinking Kate and Leopold. Oh no, no, no! I'm not thinking with about that with Hugh Jackman. With Hugh Jackman, yeah. No, no, I wasn't thinking about Kate. I can assure you, Q, that I'm never referencing <laughs> Kate and Leopold <laughs> in any conversation that we're having. I am not referencing Kate and Leopold. I assure you of that. I, I need you to go watch Happy Accidents. I can do that. Put Did it you, on oh, your list. I'll, I'll, I'll mention one, uh, a pretty good one. Did you ever see Obvious Child? No. You need to see that one. Um, that was got Jenny Slade okay. in it. And it. I don't know the guy's name, but he was – did you watch the later seasons of The Office? Yes. Okay, so the intern that has a crush oh, yeah. on Aaron – yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. him and Jenny Slade, and they have a one-night stand. She accidentally gets pregnant, and then the rest of the movie is them dealing with it together. Was Is that the dude that she was actually married to in real life? I don't know. Jake Lacey? I know that's his name. I don't know if they were actually married in real life. I don't know a lot about Jenny Slade's like real personal life, <laughs> except that she got you fired know, from SNL for saying fuck. That's awesome. Have that's you seen a, that clip? No. It's hilarious there is I'll, I'll share it to you and to our social but there is a clip of jenny slade it was like in her first or second season she was doing a new york women talk show with like amy poehler or something and they're like yeah you know this and she's like yeah you gotta get over the fucking job. and then she freaks out but she said fucking straight out on air and then they fired her whoa they're not fucking around with that shit no they don't they don't Oh, boy, what a shitty way to just torture career. I know. Well, the thing is, now she's had a bigger career because of it, because she got really well-known through that controversy. You're then totally she started right. doing movies, voice acting. You're she's right. In- she went on to learn how to mispronounce symbiote. That's right. That's right. And she says symbiote. Which, Which you is know, that a could, weird choice. That movie could be considered a rom-com. Venom. Between Venom and uh, Eddie yeah. Brock. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Venom? Yeah. What'd you think? It's fine. It's fine. That was exactly. It's kind of like, all right, cool. Yeah, I would have. Uh, it wasn't 
It wasn't the garbage fire I thought it was going to be. Exactly. I was more impressed with it that it wasn't a garbage fire than I think I liked it. But there were there was the distinct smell of burning garbage in the air. Right. While watching the movie. Like, like at any point, an entire dumpster may just fall into frame just and completely alight ablaze. Like, it wasn't itself a garbage fire. But you could tell that it was made near a garbage fire. Yes. Because it sort of smelled like a garbage fire. Exactly. It itself wasn't one. No. But it had proximity to one. I do feel like it's a movie that they can do way better in the sequel. Oh, yeah. I like. Well, I feel like uh, they can work the bugs out. They better be. I hope the bugs take off that stupid wig. From uh, oh, Woody Harrelson. Cassidy. <laughs> Holy Lord. That was, I don't know. There are some stinger wigs these last couple years yeah. that are crazy. <laughs> like the Deathstroke stinger wig yep. um, is nuts. Uh, this one is beyond, beyond miserable. Beyond, I thought the Deathstroke one at the end of, what was it, Batman v Superman or whatever, yeah. was one of the worst things I'd ever seen. And then Venom was like, hold my symbiote. And then showed yeah. me a worse one. And not only did they put a wig on him, like a terrible like party yeah. store wig, terrible but wig. They also like drew freckles on his face, <laughs> which also looked like an accident. Right, it looked like when you dress a, a adult up as a child on like Mad TV. <laughs> you know I think what I that's mean? what they did. <laughs> they were like, "Can you make him look like the redheaded kid from South Park?" <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Could he be an adult villain in a problem child movie? Yes. Can you just make him the problem child kid? Oh, man. Yeah, it's so weird. But hey, oh. so we've talked rom-coms. We've listed a whole bunch of stuff that people should be seeing. And you know what? We're damn near needing to go ahead and, and bust out our list. I I definitely think we're at a place where we can do a list of the top five rom-com tropes. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. List. I love you. I love you too. That was so romantic. Okay, I'm back on. Let's have a baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Perfect. Yes, I knew that would get it. I'm back. I'm back in. I knew that would get it. I'm back in. Just when I thought I was out, you pulled me back in. That's a rom-com right there. It totally is. 100%. It's, you know. It's um it is it's Al Pacino's love of the police force. That's true. 100%. And his job. Just when I he thought just, you were out, you pulled me back in. Ooh, ah. And it's uh not so much a comedy but more just like a coma movie. <laughs> a comedy. It's it's a romantic coma movie. <laughs> a romantic coma movie. Yes. I love it. Uh so All right. so we're talking tropes, my man. All right. So I mean, obviously we've got to throw out I think the meat cute is a definite. For sure. Like you don't really get meat cutes in other genres. No. So for me, the idea of a meat cute, the how it's a happenstance, adorable way that two protagonists meet. Yes. Is on this list somewhere. I totally. Whether it's number one or or whatever, I don't know, but it's on. Definitely, there. I think the misunderstanding Ooh, needs to I be like on that. there because that is usually the crux of the problem when they hit it in the second or the beginning of the third act. It's always a misunderstanding. I love you, but yep. it looks like I'm being a douchebag. Yes. Now I, I or or the 
oh, no, I wasn't really kissing her. It was a business meeting. Right, exactly. It was a misunderstanding. So the misunderstanding, I I feel like, is a big thing. Okay, and I I agree. Let's just get the list of all the tropes that we want to include and then order them. But I like the theme that we're doing, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to have another one, the declaration. Oh, okay. This is the, you had me at hello. This is the, you complete me. This is the the de- declaration at the airport Got of it. don't go to New York. Right. This is this is the time where they're after usually post post the misunderstanding. This is the listen. I'm I'm laying myself bare to you in an embarrassing fashion of some sort. It's the say anything boombox over the head moment. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. That's exactly what that is. Got it. So I love the declaration. Uh, can we say? You can't have a good rom-com without it. The happy ending. Oh, well, of course. You, I, well, I don't know, man. Because then we, might, run uh, into, we run into anti-rom-com territory. Right. So are we eliminating any movie that doesn't have a happy ending as, a, as having a rom-com trope? I think that's, yeah, that's kind of our thing. Okay. So the happy ending, and not like the, the hand job kind. Right. Like the actual happy feelings in our body ending. Yes. Oh, 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 I've got one. Yes, Mr. The, M- Mr. Cotter. Ooh, the ooh. love struck the love struck best friend. Oh, yes, that's totally good. Totally. The ducky, yep. if you will. We'll call it the ducky. The ducky. Okay. I like that. I like the ducky. Yep, I like that one. What else? Oh, I've got what about the uh the sassy wise friend? Cuz you've always got the ooh. one friend who's like who you've got the one who's in love with them the whole time, but then you've also got the one who's like uh, the Janine. She's like the Janine Garofalo type character in all these rom coms. You know, she's like the oh yeah the sage the, the, the fast the sage talking best sage. friend yes or or they're gay yes the gay best the friend gay the sage <laughs> best friend the you know what I almost kind of want to merge this with the ducky okay and be like just the, the best, best friend friends. yeah. The best friends. Yeah, I'm into because that. Because you can't have a good rom-com without some dynamic best friends. I'm into that. And that way, because I think the ducky, the love-struck best friend, and the gay sage best friend, or the witty sage best friend, are, are very similar. Can I s- they serve similar functions in the story. Can we throw out the odd couple? Oh, well, of course. So the opposites, att- the opposites, opposites attract. attract. Yeah. He is an uptight businessman. She's a messy, sloppy girl. How could they ever find love? He's an advertising executive. She's a painter. She's having a baby, and he runs an abortion clinic. (laughs) (laughs) She's very religious. He's actually Satan. (laughs) Coming this November, actually Satan. (laughs) Satan actually. Say, ah! <laughs> <coughs> Satan actually. That is that's. This is the movie that I want now. What about okay. what about Satan? Any, no, no. Satan anything? No, no. <laughs> just... We're pausing on this because now we are going to cast and script Satan anything. Okay. No, no Satan actually. Satan actually. We're, so who's playing our devout religious lead character? Jennifer Lopez. In this movie. Okay, Jennifer Lopez is from a very devout. It's either um, her or big or Kate uh, Hudson. Kate Hudson, maybe Kate Hudson. 
Okay, I like Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. So Kate Hudson is playing in a very religious, very devout Catholic Protestant doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. She's super into God. And like you, she loves You don't even have to ask who Satan is because it's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Of course it's Matthew McConaughey. So it's but it's Matthew McConaughey playing his character from Killer Joe. So he's always carrying around fried chicken. No, I was thinking he's just playing Randall Flagg from the Dark <laughs> from Tower. The dark, okay. I like he's that just even in better. a black suit with really long fingernails for no reason. <laughs> and then they meet and she's like Hey, do you want to come to church with me on Sunday? He's like, I can't. I'm Satan. And she's like, oh, you're so funny. And then, no, the twist is he's actually Satan. But then you have some funny moments where he tries to go into church for her, but then he just bursts right. into flames. <laughs> and she's like, what happened? He's like, it's this new suit. Yeah, he's like, you, really don't, under, you don't understand. The, the material is really frictiony. Right. And then uh, she catches him kissing another girl but actually he's just pulling her soul out of her mouth because that's how he does that's it. the yes. misunderstanding and then, and then the deck the declaration is that she actually goes to hell she commits suicide yes. to go to hell and declare she's like you know what loving you is like hell but i want to live in hell yep with with you, you. <laughs> satan actually and then <laughs> satan actually and then she signs her name on his list in his book. Yeah. The Book of the Dark Lord. And he's like, "Do will you give me your soul? And she's like, yes. I will. I will. She said, I do. you already had me at your soul. <laughs> you, you had me at your soul. Right. Yep. I love it. Okay. This is our, this is our movie. That's happening. Satan, Satan actually. actually coming to a theater near you. 2020. 20, yeah, 2020. 2020. Yeah, I like, how you, I like how you like rethought it. Like, is that enough time to make that movie? Yeah, 2020. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is exactly what I thought. I was like, would that be enough time for it to come out? <laughs> uh, you called me on it. <laughs> uh, so that's good. Uh, so what? how okay. many do we have on our list? We've got six right now. All right, good. So we can so, narrow it down. Yeah, we've got the meet cute, the misunderstanding, the declaration, the happy ending, the best friends and the odd couple. If I'm voting, I'm going to say that we eliminate the happy ending because I can kind of merge that with the declaration. Okay. Yes. Because the declaration is usually them coming back together. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That would be my vote. Now, can if, we, if you disagree, that's fine. Can we make it fine. the declaration with a happy ending? Yes. The, de the declaration slash happy ending. Yes. All right. Cool. So now we've got the meet cute, the misunderstanding – the declaration slash happy ending, the best friends, and the odd couple. Yep. Okay. So for me, I think meet cute's number one. Absolutely. It sort of is the defining trope of a rom-com. Yes. It is the key to a rom-com. Um, I would say my vote for number two is either the best friends or the misunderstanding. I think it has to be the misunderstanding. Because that's just inherent yeah. in those movies. There has to be but a falling out. There has to be a misunderstanding. And then I would actually put the best friends as four, and I would put the declaration as number three because that is kind of okay. an important crux. I mean, that's what everybody quotes. Right. You had me at hello. Right. Like the the, the declarations are what people quote. So I would say the meet cute, followed by the uh, the misunderstanding, Mis misunderstanding, followed by the uh, declaration. Then I would either so I'm four and five is going to be a toss up for me between the best friends and the odd couple. I think for me, I 
I would put best friends at four just because I think of those character tropes when I think of rom-coms. Sure. Because Odd Couple, like there's the movie The Odd Couple with right. Jack Lemmon. And it's, you know, there are other genres that the buddy cop movie, sure. the road trip sure, movie sure, sure. that rely heavily on the odd couple. So I can't say that that's declaratively a rom-com thing. Sure. I think rom-coms use it, but the best friends, the snarky gay wise love struck best friends, those are always elements of rom-coms. You're right. You're 100% right. So that's number four. <laughs> okay. And that would leave us as the odd couple is number five. Yeah. So our top five list, the definitive rom-com trope, Top five list is number five, The Odd Couple. Number four, The Best Friends. Number three, The Declaration slash Happy Ending. Number two, The Misunderstanding. And number one, The Meet Cute. I love it. All of yeah. all of which can be seen in our new upcoming film, Satan Actually. 2020, guys. Check it out. Check it out. It's going to be great. Hey, Jay. Hey, KQ. You had me at high five. You had me. It's Satan. <laughs> we have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher google play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love what's the worst that could happen kalima maybe see you next week and that's a wrap everybody cut casper that's a wrap cut printed what happens in the next reel cut Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.